Welcome back to episode 79 of the Block Runner Podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Ironman, and here are some of the topics we discuss today. First up, mana blasts off and sustains. Next, what happens to a business with volatile prices? Then, we explain the tools MetaZone provides to game devs. And finally, we plan to help the overall blockchain gaming community. All right, let's listen in. What did you... Right, so uh, here we are again yeah you missed the round table last week yeah yep had a moment on <laughs> as stupid as that sounds yeah it's a lot of maintenance dude fucking land yeah you got you got real life land to uh maintain unlike the digital land where you don't have to do anything yeah imagine how crappy that would be if for some reason they just did that it's just hey, you know what that would be the grind mechanic for Decentralized, that you have to mow the lawn, right? Yeah, like they could have done a lot of things, and I think there are, I mean, they didn't have to, but, uh, like, it's not just grass that grows on this land, right? There could be, like, underground resources that are super valuable yeah. hidden throughout Decentraland, like, nobody knows. You can have locusts just, like, ravage <laughs> your land. Yeah, they were pretty much playing, like, SimCity Simulator, yes. basically, <laughs> <laughs> like, Decentralized. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hey, I mean you, that sounds cool as shit. But you know what? That that provides the incentive to be in your in the world, like taking care of your land. If you build nothing, then you got grass to take care of. If you build a building, then uh, maybe there's like some mechanic where your building degrades. At least like from a virtual standpoint, like you can't visually see it degrade, but like the bar is low. Yeah, you know. Totally. But anyway, that's like crazy talk. So. Yeah, is it? I don't know, dude. I've 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 had many crazy thoughts in my head, dude. Ever since getting involved in this uh, metaverse space, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like we keep talking about, or we're not keep, but we've talked about in the past how like we're like in that 2014 Ethereum phase as far as like NFTs and metaverse projects go. So that that made me think, like, dude, this is probably not even like the best way to do it. Kind of like how Ethereum doesn't seem to be the best way to do it as far as like operating a blockchain for sure like there, there's probably like unexplored models that have yet to been you know what least ethereum is probably know. not the best uh there's probably other blockchains that do smart contracts a lot better a lot more efficiently with yeah. cheaper fees apparently, but apparently the thing is i mean right yeah well yeah that's one but yeah. the thing is like some of the best technologies don't end up winning right it's about oh, the yeah. network effect and ethereum's got that <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I 100% believe that now. Like, I did it in 2017 because I was, like, a total noob. And I thought, yeah. for sure, like, the like superior EOS, tech is good. Yeah, EOS, the Cardano's. Yeah. yeah, all these 3.0 scaling solutions, right? Yeah. I thought, for sure, like, these are going to win out. Ethereum's just going to turn dead. Because back in 2017, after that CryptoKitties debacle, I was like, dude, it's over. Yeah. Like, who the fuck would want to build on a network that gets congested off of one dap, like one, one semi-viral dap? Yeah. Right. And like I would just check out to see it's like full maximum capacity. Any kind of proposed scaling solutions like five years in the future. Like yeah. <laughs> who's stupid enough to waste their time deving on Ethereum? And like here we are, like three years later, dude. Yeah, even we're deving on <laughs> Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. The irony of that's like insane. Yeah. But because you're right. It's it's that network effect, dude. It's real. Like that's where all the devs are, all the excitement is. I don't know. It's just what's happening, dude. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that that begs the question is like, yeah, like why would you, comes up. yeah, why would you invest in, in any other project? Like, I think you, you would invest because it, it has some up like a bigger upside, but it doesn't, it's not the upside to where this is the Ethereum killer. That's why you're investing. Are you talking about blockchain projects? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that raises the question. This whole polka dot thing, like it's like the, all the new hotness, dude. It's the new rage. Yeah. The talk of the town, dude. I mean, I haven't gone too deep into it, but it's supposed to. Yeah, you know the what? Thing I keep hearing is like parachains. Like that's a new term I'm starting to hear. Yeah, a lot. Th- think of parachain as like a parallel chain to your existing chain, and okay. you can communicate with other parachains um, on that network. So, like for example, Bitcoin could have a parachain. And then you could you could interact with other blockchains using that parachain. What's on the parachain? It's the exact same assets. But are the transactions the same? Like if you're transacting with a, a Bitcoin asset on a parachain, is that yeah. like its own ledger or is it all it's eventually communicated to the See, that's the thing know. that I'm not quite sure. Uh there's some yeah, soft maybe. forks that need to happen on the existing Bitcoin <laughs> network in order to interact with polka dots network and hmm. and it's sort of like you're giving the parachain um priority over over the ledger so anything that happens on that parachain is the truth just like <laughs> the bitcoin network and the, and the ledgers it's the truth yeah, so, yeah yeah see that's interesting to me because what we're going to talk about here later i don't know when but eventually we're going to introduce to you guys a new feature that we're working on for metazone uh out, did it just spawned out of pure necessity, I guess. Like, it's like we're trying to dev games now, or just a game, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we're encountering, you know, logistical hurdles that any other game dev on the Ethereum network is encountering, as far as like high gas transactions and mm-hmm. slow slow transactions, all the shit that like can't exist in like a proper game. You yeah, know? yeah. So we're kind of like <clears throat> in the infant stages of trying to figure out like our own little model. So. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's something we need to really, really discuss as far as like, is like, as of now, it's like a total centralized proposal. You know, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? That reminds me. So uh, I think you were on a round table that I missed because of lots of reasons, but you were there. And then on that week, we interviewed um, the, the guy from Liquidity Network. Yeah. And so we never really thinking too. Yeah. And so we never really got a got to debrief on like the price hike of mana right it almost tripled it depending on which exchange you are it over tripled (laughs) yeah that happened like last week right yeah not that long ago (laughs) it was like a long ass time ago you you think it'd be a good thing to have mana go up that much but it's sort of like bittersweet it's sort of good but it's also equivalently bad yeah because it 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 so, so first we have gas fees, right? It's like $45 for a single transaction, at least on average. And then on top of that, all of a sudden, everything is like four times more expensive than it was last week or the week before. So yeah, well, in our case, it's really concerning because in our marketplace, like, yeah, every creation is essentially tripled in cost to like yeah. a regular consumer, right? Or a regular a landowner all of a sudden. And when we say cost, like the mana cost hasn't changed at all. But yeah. like the fiat valuation, which everybody is ultimately that's 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 what it boils down to whenever right. you're buying anything, even in crypto land. Yeah. 
like you could be transacting with crypto, but <laughs> you're always going to do that mental calculation. Like, okay, I'm spending 10,000 mana here. Now let me figure out how much, how many dollars I'm blowing on this yeah. piece of land or this meta, this name, whatever the fuck. Yeah. 10,000 mana used to be like three or 400 bucks, but now it's like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Now almost every creation on MetaZone is probably like out of everyone's, you know, perceived budget or price yeah. range. Right. Because that fiat calculation is just, tripled and like i mean yeah meadows are cool and all and it's like it, it's still just as valuable to a landowner in a sense that you know it's a creation that they otherwise couldn't create on their own something they could deploy on their land and yeah but from a business, business standpoint that's where it becomes the struggle it's yeah. like you know why if, if you're in the crypto industry you want to do everything in cryptocurrencies and yeah, we got these stable coins, USDC, we got DAI, and then the, the scarier version of USDC is USDT, right, from Tether. Uh, but you got these stable coins, and let's say, let's say you convert, let, let's say in this uh, bull market, you sell at the top, right, at $200,000 Bitcoin, you sell for DAI or USDC. The, it, it's pegged to the dollar, which is continuously getting devalued. So it's the same thing as converting it to fiat. So if the dollar ends up like deteriorating in terms of value, that deterioration propagates to USDC and USDT and all those. Mm. So it's like, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, so in in this uh, bear economy that we're experiencing, it's better to keep your your money in assets, right? Like like a meta or a house. Yeah, but we're not in a bearish sentiment anymore, like as far as crypto goes. Well, well, no, as far as crypto goes, no, that's not bearish. But what I'm talking about yeah. is like the bearish sentiment of fiat currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's printing money. All the countries yeah, are printing there's money. There's definitely some bearish sentiment building. I don't know if you saw this, but today Warren Buffett just yeah. made like a huge gold investment. Yeah. So like what, a massive gold investment. What are your thoughts on that? Like, <laughs> well, to me, it's like, I mean, I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, was, for sure. I've been, buying and advocating for gold for years but yeah. when someone like him does it and not not just the fact that he's ditching his bank bank stocks he's buying gold he's basically doing everything like somebody would do in preparation for like you know an economic downturn you know yeah like that's uh pretty scary you know this isn't just some guy willy-nilly off the street like this is the number one investor in the world you know oh yeah the that's sa- a, that's the a- safest Signal for sure. Whatever yeah. whatever move he makes, it's a it's a damn good signal. Yeah, for me, so for me, my my whole it just supports my doom and gloom hypotheses or thesis, whatever you want to call it. Like it's it's definitely coming. He if he sees something coming to where he needs to like uh you know shift some uh yeah exactly proportions. start start hedging yeah for in preparation for uh, you know an economic downturn. Then I mean it is what it is, man. Like I don't know. You gotta take that calculation and do with it what you want, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you're right. Crypto, I don't know, man. Like, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see what that means for crypto. So I'm already seeing people saying like, "This is good. This means like Bitcoin all of a sudden has more value because if gold is becoming well, uh, okay. So the reason why Bitcoin, I mean, there's a there's a component of why Bitcoin's going up and why gold is going up, why stocks are going up is because there's more dollars in circulation. So it just takes more money to buy the, those stocks or that Bitcoin. It just it just takes more money. It's not that the value of Bitcoin increased inherently or the value of uh, uh, Apple stock increased 
overnight. Like that's not that's not what's happening. It's, it takes more dollars to buy the exact same stock. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking <laughs> that his shift to gold is not because gold is like all of a sudden more valuable. It is because there's less value in holding dollars or any fiat currency. So I think that's that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because, so we're, we're dealing with like this uh, conceptual strategy for MetaZone in that should we peg everything into a, a fiat equivalent or a stable coin equivalent, or should we keep things in like a mana price where there's a chance that nobody's going to buy metas anymore because they're just too expensive from a fiat perspective or a stable coin perspective. It's like, what's the best route to take from a business standpoint? Yeah. And, and this is this is a really, really big question because if we don't get sales, no development happens. And That's if right. no development happens, MetaZone stops, right? It takes a pause. <coughs> yeah, and, like MetaZone and, saw like a huge increase in creator activity, probably like for the last, I'd say, two to three months. Like in the beginning, there was hardly any, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Corv had to like kind of, you know, tantalize the audience out there a little bit uh you know with his games so he created four of them we should talk about your explanation on steam and how how that applies to what we're doing with metazone and oscar uh, being the the, the first party yeah. game developer yeah that's why it's kind of like we're, we've identified ourselves as like the steam potentially <laughs> well, at as, least transitioning uh, towards something bigger I mean, we're definitely like the Steam for Decentraland at the moment. I mean, we call ourselves the App Store Decentraland. These metas are considered apps, but really we're a distribution platform for game assets or meta ad, metaverse assets currently. So we're getting the distribution part down, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So we're thinking there's probably gonna, there's probably a sector or a there's an opening there for you know not just metaverse assets but any game any blockchain game has assets within it that are potentially you know revenue generating assets i see them all the time on twitter like a new game will come out and there's like a a fucking zeppelin it's part of their game like where somebody can own that and like charge transaction fees for it's like a transportation system within the game yeah for sure so if you're going to use it in the game you got to pay i don't know let's say 50 cents every time you want to go from location a to location b so that means somebody could purchase that nft which is the ownership representation of that little transportation vehicle and they could get a cut or maybe the whole thing for you know each transaction so in my mind that's a meta <clears throat> or it can be a meta so that can be 100 percent categorized you know, as a revenue generating meta on the MetaZone platform, and we can distribute, you know, the ownership tokens and, you know, whatever needs to be yeah. for man- for managing Managed. an asset like that. Yeah. You know, we, we could be the platform for any blockchain game to do that in the future. And that's kind of like the direction we want to head towards. And so it feels like we're heading towards this like Steam version, you know, where Steam started out <coughs> as a distribution system for, like PC games, yeah, you know, but downloadable the content. Is, how did it start out? And I'm well, trying to it, lead you into the into the conversation we had earlier. It started well before Steam was Valve, exactly, and they were they were a game company essentially. Gavin Newell, I think, is his name. Mm-hmm. Him and like another homeboy, they were both like Microsoft engineers. They're like, "Fuck this, dude! Let's go start our own game company." Yeah, <laughs> and that's what they did. I think they made Half Life first. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then but they were like pioneers right like pc gaming wasn't like the shit like it is today yeah and just like every other project like including today 
marketing is a motherfucker dude it is a bit <laughs> of a thing to do it's hard to get people to buy or like or to notice you and like come and download your game and play and yeah you know so yeah. what they figured out is we need to build a platform that's right to, to distribute these games into like onboard more developers onto this platform to also build games yeah and to like build this huge platform where distribute <laughs> games for, di- for to distribute games and it's like a big marketing platform right like if you're a game developer you want your game on this platform because that's where all the eyeballs are exactly like people aren't looking for your frog jumper to like dot com like yeah, people yeah. are looking they want to go to steam <laughs> and see you on the list of like new releases right it's, yeah. it's like way easier that way yeah and so that's why we're like <clears throat> potentially we could service that same you know need in the blockchain space because currently all these games that we're seeing like it's like they're in that early 2000 phase like they're all in their they have their own website they all launched their token crowd sales nft crowd sales on their website mm-hmm. you know so it's like it's a marketing hurdle the same ones that like these early pc games faced right there's no real platform to unite them all and to bring all the eyeballs together that's right so <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it's kind like, of like what we're thinking about. If you go yeah. look at any NFT game, you have to go and like Google and find their website and then see how to onboard in that game and like Dude, like, we were doing that like the other night. Like we were just doing like random research. Research. Yeah. And like just just looking at blockchain games and we found one. What was it called? Fuck. Or something. It's basically like fucking sand dune buggies with yeah. like big ass fifty count machine guns on the back of them. Yeah. And that's basically like you could you could own either like a, a vehicle <coughs> or a machine gun. Like these are the NFTs in that game, basically. And it's just like an open world where you drive around in the desert. But apparently there's like cryptocurrencies in the ground. Yeah. Something called benzene tokens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's, I mean, it sounds cool as fuck, but I never would have heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> unless we just, just like st- stupidly stumble onto it, you know? Yeah. Like some so blogger like, talking about NFT games and like, yeah, they're, they're reviewing. Yeah. So, so the point here is, um, just like Steam created uh, this platform for distribution of games, and and Steam had Valve to showcase like a really <laughs> innovative game, right? In in Half Life, uh, you know, we have Corv like really showcasing what devs could do in Decentraland. Yeah, I and, think yeah, and he did, and that's why we saw that creator explosion. I yeah, because then people started publishing articles about, Hey, somebody made a million mana selling their fucking games on this MetaZone platform. And then I think people read that. They're like, what? Like I wanted to try. Not many people made games because it's not easy to make a game. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, You guys have like like backend development and then front end and then like 3D models. And there's like a handful of people literally in Decentraland. Yeah. Literally a handful, like less than five, maybe less than like Like six or or seven. Yeah, it's not many, yeah. and there's a reason for that. I mean, there's plenty of people, you know, with the Blender chops, you know, they can build 3D scenes and yeah, stuff, right? Like, for sure. And which is fine. Like, we need that too. And those people, at some point, were thriving on MetaZone too. But because of the economic conditions we're in now, like that stuff is becoming less viable. You know? Yeah. Like so, but <clears throat> um, so <clears throat> and so so Corvus showcasing his his uh. At flexing his ability to make games and so now we're making uh corona zombies and of course we're helping with uh ethermon and then uh and then the announcement from wonder zone that they're going to be uh, right. building their own meta uh a meteor strike meta where 
you deploy this onto your land and every now and then a meteor would hit for anyone to mine. And so Which is cool as fuck. Hell yeah, that's cool. I mean that's dude, just the, the game it's Essentially, the game idea you become, is cool. Yeah, like what what I said when we first started this podcast, like, oh man, too, like too bad Decentraland didn't like build these natural resources into their yeah. parcels, right? <laughs> well now it's coming in with in the form of these meteors. Yeah, from the sky, yeah. <laughs> now if you're a landowner and if you deploy this uh meteor drop zone now you have a reason for people to come to your land you know uh, who who i don't know how they're going to work out the split but i'm assuming every time somebody mines one of these meteors yeah, the landowners the, the landowner should get a cut yeah because that's how all of our metas operate right the yeah. whole point is everyone in that little ecosystem is benefiting yeah right? sure. or else the, it doesn't work so yeah yeah so we still gotta figure out what the details are for that um but nonetheless, like we're starting to see people thinking sort of like how we think about how Decentraland is going to be like this flourishing like world of like different activities to do. Right now you can, now you have a digital pet to take care of and then you have uh, a meteor to mine and, and then you have zombies to kill. Like, you know, what's, what's next? Mm. Yeah. So the whole idea of <clears throat> like we have, man, like tons of things we could talk about, but it's like not fully fleshed out ideas yet like what we want to do well so let's 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 talk through like um so of course we get the questions like when nft pretty much on a daily basis yeah it's kind of like yeah we don't want to like start announcing all these new things i mean we could talk about it but well here's the thing i I was explaining this earlier on discord um Mm -hmm. so nfts for metazone Sounds like a simple idea because <laughs> there's like 10 platforms, right? Mintbase. Uh, I mean, there's like all these platforms you could just mint NFTs. And again, they're just JPEGs and PNGs and yeah. they're being stored yeah. on a server somewhere, whether it's Arweave or IPFS or your server in your basement, right? Those pictures are stored somewhere and the NFT is calling those pictures. So th- there's nothing to it. Right. There's there's nothing else to these NFTs, nothing else, literally nothing else. And so these NFTs, they have some functionality to it. Right. They have payment splits. Then uh, so from MetaZone's perspective, you have to mint them based on the creator, just like all these other platforms. And and then there's this uh, then you're you're minting an X amount of your creation. Right. From Ethermon to a house, whatever it is, you're minting an X amount. And then for every 10 purchases or so, or five purchases, whatever the creator sets, the amount increases, right? So what's the big deal about that? Well, that has to go into the smart contract. If you don't code that correctly, that smart contract is dead. Like all that time was wasted. And then you got to develop a new smart contract and redeploy that and then switch all the pointers within MetaZone to the new smart contract. It's a pain in the ass. And especially it's a pain in the ass if... If you're distributing NFTs based on that smart contract, then you got to redistribute new NFT. So there's there's a there's so many moving parts into what MetaZone is doing in terms of uh, releasing NFTs that it's just not simple. It's just not simple, especially with limited resources, with limited yeah. human resources yeah. at that. Um, yeah, that's also something we're working on. You know. Trying yeah. to extend our runway capacity, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to keep this ball you know, moving. It's you funny, know? you know, the price goes up. It, it seems like it's a good thing, but in real time, you got to pay bills in real time. And yeah. so a price spike 
doesn't do anybody any good, really. No, but it's it's I guess good in the overall sense. Like I I I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of good things from this price spike. Yeah, it's it's literally killed every other market within uh, Decentraland currently. Yeah, I mean maybe there's some kind of like equilibrium phase we have to go through. Like this is what people like Frankie and stuff say on the roundtables. Like, because like me, I was trying. I'm trying to sell a piece of land, and I've been trying to sell it since before the price rose. So I had it. Let's say at like ten thousand yeah. mana. <laughs> when mana was around four cents a pop or something now it's hovering around 10 cents so i'm thinking i gotta lower the price right like to kind of like establish some kind of equilibrium to yeah. where i would was originally asking for it <coughs> but people are saying i guess it's gonna be a phase where you don't naturally you don't have to do that like i guess like the increase price of mana should bring in like new audience new eyeballs yeah it's like the the, the the um the stable price or the equilibrium price is the new 10 cent mana yeah so it's like they're not gonna know what it's like to, when mana was four cents yeah you know like they're not like, gonna have that oh if i if i would have came a month earlier i could have gotten this for 400 bucks instead of a thousand bucks yeah so it's kind of like they'll just be used to the idea all of a sudden this land is worth uh what's ten thousand mana a thousand bucks a thousand bucks of, yeah 400 bucks yeah so i mean you just gotta let them like re-familiarize themselves or acclimate i guess to these new market conditions right and then well i mean we're, so we're, I, we're I don't know if that's this true in or real not. time i mean we're testing this in real time I, exactly right now we no, haven't right really now. changed any prices in metazone uh, what what are we gonna see more sales or less sales well like, so far we've seen like pretty much dead yeah zero. nothing <laughs> You know, before this price rise, like MetaZone was healthily selling Metas, you know? Yeah. Like, it, you know, it wasn't like booming. I wouldn't classify it as like the next fucking. Yeah. Like gold rush. Yeah. Or anything like that. But things were operating fine, like to the point where we weren't like thinking about stuff like that, you know, yeah. like the overall economic conditions of like where we are, the space we're in. Yeah. But now we're facing this whole new conundrum. And then, yeah, on top of it are these insane gas prices <clears throat> it's just like a perfect storm of like like unbearable market conditions for any kind of business you know yeah. like these are things like a normal business doesn't have to think about like you know every traditional business accepts dollars like they don't have to worry about you know one day their customers are going to stop buying well maybe they will in the future well they will know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but up until this point yeah, yeah like, did you see that article that uh, the United States has printed <laughs> more money in the last 90 days and like in the last century? Yeah, like a le- yeah, the last 90 years or something like that. Yeah. This century is 100 years, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's fucking wild, dude. And yeah, that is wild. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unlimited. Like, we could just keep doing this as long as we want, you know? But obviously, it's going to kill everything at some point. But... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, what were we talking about? Uh, I guess marking conditions and like MetaZone and yeah, like like Valve. Yeah, we're trying to extend our runway because obviously we want to keep working on MetaZone. But yeah, like we have real life shit we have to consider. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so we have to have these conversations. Like, how long can we sustain if these market conditions don't improve? Like these, because right now we're 100 self funded, right? Yeah, so, and it's pretty much like full time operation, <clears throat> especially for Oscar. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's like thinking about that all the time. <laughs> he's like, how long can this sustain? You know? Mm-hmm. 
but <clears throat> so, on, so we'll on the see. on the switch to so app store for decentraland to like steam for blockchain games <clears throat> so i mean to to make that transition is is quite heavy but if you think about it like developing corona zombies is is setting the framework for understanding what a developer a game developer just like corv and and you know thousands of other game developers out there what they have to face in order to build a blockchain game and so in some blockchain games you have 721s right erc 721s you mm. have 1155s you have all these different standards for nfts and they all have a different purpose right and yeah. erc 1155 is about like bundling um you know several arrows in in a single transaction right or several shields or whatever Basically, it gives you the flexibility to add like a quantity, right? A quantity to, to yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if <laughs> like a consumable, like for example, one of the consumables that we have in Corona Zombies would be like uh, uh, a material to upgrade your weapon, right? Weapon materials. Yeah. And so that gets consumed by your weapon if you decide to do that, and it upgrades the weapon. So those could be eleven fifty fives. And um, and then if you collect uh, an abundance of these materials, you can sell them on the open market as well. That's why they're 1155s. So the, then the other dynamic to this is that because Ethereum transactions are so expensive, right? Should we do this all off chain and and allow the user, the player, to be like, okay, I enjoyed this off chain experience because there's no fees, right? And <laughs> yeah, it felt like a regular game, right? Or like a regular game. But now the only difference being. You probably have to have some kind of like MetaZone wallet, you know, keeping yeah, track of all of this. Pretty much. Yeah. Which, like any which kind is, of game you play in the which MetaZone. Which is a fancy ecosystem. way of saying an account. Yeah. yeah. It's just an off-chain wallet, essentially. Yeah. An account, you know, and right. There's a, <laughs> okay, an account. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Steam account, yeah. essentially. I mean, yeah, sticking with the terminology of cryptocurrency, <laughs> yeah, it's an off-chain wallet. That's what it is. So yeah. what, what's the value? Is like, okay, yeah, you got to trust us. But, I mean, unless we have an incentive to like run away with your... 1155 off-chain assets then uh that would you don't have to instantly worry. instantly go to zero if if word got out that like we just took away with the bag yeah you know of like 1155 off-chain assets yeah but the point is so the thing we have to figure out is like the technical the technical so yeah so like so, uh realities of a system like this yeah 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 exactly you know? so if we do do this and so, so Corv is the developer of Corona Zombies, and he's building a game for Decentraland as an NFT type game. That in this case, it's playable in Decentraland. In other in other cases, developers are creating their own game on the PC, and they're they're all NFTs, a, a game that you'd have to download. So the question is, by building Corona Zombies that's playable in Decentraland, what are the tools that a developer would need to make these blockchain games for any platform, whether it's Decentraland or whether it's for the PC or the Xbox or whatever, but they leverage these NFT assets. So like what tools could, could we build to start building that, that steam for blockchain games? And so that is what we're doing. And that's, that's really in, in development, it, it, parallel development with Corona Zombies is the development of the tools for MetaZone to be that blockchain Steam <coughs> platform. Yeah. So that's how we're, we're thinking about things. Yeah, and it's not just us. We actually have, I think you might have said this, like interest from other 
Decentraland projects that would want to use a service like this for oh, their games. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, Wonderzone has told us, like, you know, if, if you've been attending their beta, beta sessions and stuff, they have a whole in-game economy already ready to go, you know, with their wonder tokens, with their 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 gem materials that you're cra- or mining. They're essentially ERC-1155s, you yeah. know? Yeah. But, you know, they're going to have all the same struggles with people playing their game if, you know, by, you know... By the, <laughs> the economics of everything. Or the innate yeah like, drawbacks of using the like that. if you have to upgrade your pickaxe and it costs forty five dollars because it's an ETH transaction, mm-hmm. like you're not gonna upgrade your pickaxe. Yeah. And so, so then what what's the thing that you think is going to convince the gamer that okay, the whole purpose of playing a blockchain game is like you're accruing assets, right? Well, like, I, I think there's a compromise <laughs> that, given the market conditions, that maybe a player, a gamer, an NFT gamer might have to consider is when you play Corona Zombies or the Wonder Zone, Meteor Strike, or Ethermon even, potentially, is uh, you're collecting these pseudo nfts that you could mint later on if you wanted to like if you've collected these different assets by playing the game they're not full nfts until you decide to mint them and once they're minted then you can go and trade them on the open market so how would that be classified like if you're a speculator or potential speculator for this whatever in-game asset let's call them i don't know bones like zombie bones like if you're trying to establish or postulate like a valuation to how much these bones are worth how do you do that like considering there's like an uh, there's a there's a well, circulation so, of like non-nft bones and mm, there's these no so there's there would be an entire supply so say for yeah. example you know the the gaming community has <laughs> collect amassed millions of these bones uh consumables it, it's potentially infinite right like yes it is infinite these consumables it's infinite. yeah Okay. So you've amassed. So the community has amassed millions of these these uh, assets, right? And um, on OpenSea, you could probably find a handful of these, but still, the circulating supply is in the millions because I mean that's sort of the point. Yeah. Um, but hmm. but again, the reason so so I, I say million just to, to illustrate the point is that you had to, you had to do work in order to mine these bones right you have to kill zombies they, they just don't you don't mint these out of thin air like a like a traditional t-shirt from decentraland they're not they're not minted out of thin it's, air arbitrarily yeah it's kind of like the market will figure it out on its own just kind of like how the crypto market figures it like there's a circulating supply and a non-circulating supply to all crypto assets right mm-hmm. and that's right <clears throat> like the market just determines the value of that current asset, like, I don't know, based on the circulating supply. Yeah. So like whatever is on OpenSea is that circulating supply. Like, yeah. And think about it this way. Like if you, it all depends on the demand, I guess, of that. Right. If, if you play this out long enough, maybe we get millions of players killing zombies into central land, just, to, just for, for the sake of argument, millions of players. So there's millions of these bones that people have collected and and you can easily find this really cheap on OpenSea to get these bones to upgrade your weapons or what have you. Create like um, a wearable or something. Yeah. So then a new player comes into the game and says, <laughs> "Okay, I can for free kill a bunch of these zombies and collect bones, or for fifty bucks have fifty thousand bones already set to upgrade my weapons." Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the the decision the player is going to have to make. Because mm-hmm. you could you could mine fifty thousand bones if you go kill zombies. Or you could just pay the fifty bucks for fifty thousand and you save yourself 
I don't know, a hundred hours of gameplay of grinding mm-hmm. and just because somebody else did it. Exactly. So, yeah. so that's, that's really what's, what's probably <clears throat> that's what going it boils to down. It, it, what's going to boil down to is, is what is the use case for these, the application to these bones? Yeah, exactly. And that's up to like the game devs to, to create that demand. They have to create either a compelling game experience or a compelling like end game NFT in order for these bones to have any value. That's or, right. Like, you know, any perceived value. That's right. So, and if it's like an extremely valuable end game, you know, NFT or some kind of achievable thing, then yeah, these bones are going to be very valuable because most likely <coughs> people are going to be buying them like crazy. So there's going to be a lower supply and circulation. So they're going to be pretty expensive. Yeah. So they're just susceptible to all the regular market conditions. You know, it's just mass psychology essentially. Yeah, that's right. So, which is cool. Yeah, because. But then it's all then. The, so then the real question then is more like security, right? Yeah. It's like people. I could like what's gonna what do you what do you anticipate the biggest criticism will be? Like, oh, this is 100 percent centralized, which they already say, which it is currently medicine. Yeah, but it's it's but we're working towards. Yeah, you know. I mean, we can't decentralize everything. I, the, everything doesn't need to be decentralized. <laughs> Only important things like the assets um, and then the payment splits. Like, those need to be decentralized. But maybe the gameplay, maybe that doesn't need to be decentralized. Because <coughs> it's like, yeah, there's security risks in the sense that now we're managing everybody's game assets. Just like Blizzard manages mm-hmm. all the game assets you've accrued by playing world of warcraft and i was i was victims of hacks multiple times so more than likely we're gonna have hackers attack our system and like try and steal people's <coughs> you know consume <coughs> well, consumables <coughs> Hold on well to, a- to access your account you still need the private key to your your address so i mean if if uh let's say your game assets do disappear because of a hack well that's because they hacked your private key and so uh, if they hacked your private key, you probably have bigger concerns than game assets, I would imagine. Okay, so that's one barrier of protection, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Because there's yeah. got to be other points of attack than, other than that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure there's like, you know, they can directly attack like the database, right? And just start shifting things around. Yeah, like they could, possible. but then they would have to hack our private keys. Mm. So there's, but these aren't like crypto assets, though. Like, no, they're not. But in order to move, like we designed our our system to be like, okay, you can move this stuff if you have the private key to to move it. So that's it? yeah, that's okay. it. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, I I don't know obviously like what security flaws is going to be in it, but there's a security flaw in any centralized system. That's the whole point. That's yeah, why that's the point. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's potentially it's like a thing we have to way like the, the benefits of do we, we prefer yeah. a centralized management system for like in-game assets for the sake of like actual real gameplay yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know not not this like wannabe gameplay that's like impossible essentially yeah you know? nobody's gonna play a game where it's like 50 dollars to do anything yeah fuck that it's not happening <laughs> or you know <clears throat> And I guess what's the other thing? And, and then like we have to optimize security and the cost to secure things based on the resources that we have. So yeah. if that, the economy well, that, stops, yeah. then it's hard to it, it's really hard to say to focus on security, right? Or mm-hmm. it's really hard to focus on the gameplay or the quality of the assets or uh, you know the 3D models. Like you know things begin to suffer. Mm-hmm. So it, so what 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 are things like um. 
centralized exchanges, what do they do in those events where like their customers' funds get stolen? Do they reimburse so, them? So what happens is they, so typically the bigger uh, exchanges, what they do is they have like 2% on a hot wallet. And, oh. and that hot wallet is what holds the funds that get stolen. And so if they have 98% of reserves and yeah, they tip, they, they tend to pay back what was hacked. Um, but it, it's, uh, a lot of the transactions, they're off chain transactions. Like when you swap USDC for Bitcoin, it's just a database change. Yeah. It's not, it's not a blockchain transaction. <clears throat> and then oh, when, uh, when you take money out, if you uh, buy Bitcoin on some exchange <laughs> and you take it out, you're taking the the allocated portion to your account from the exchange's account. So like okay. if you own a Bitcoin, the exchange owns 10,000 Bitcoins. The exchange sends you one of the 10,000 Bitcoins mm. and then you can move it wherever you want. Mm. <coughs> okay. So well. that, that, so if you, every year in January, there's a proof of keys, I think started by Andreas Antonopoulos or one mm. of those guys where they tell everybody to take your money out of the exchanges so that the exchanges stay liquid so that the exchanges are not like doing any funny business with everybody's money and so yeah. so that happens every single year <coughs> okay and then what's another drawback of this uh, centralized model the per maybe perceived potential that you know you don't have true ownership mm -hmm. of like whatever game assets you're accruing right i mean you do once you execute like a, a you know a smart contract transaction right and then like finalize it essentially and put it onto the ethereum blockchain right like that's whenever it's truly yours so <clears throat> hmm. yeah again things we have to see i think talk about i consider. think there's trade-offs i mean if there are trade-offs no that's that's what i'm trying to like really break down what these trade-offs are you know because they're not obvious <laughs> yeah no they're not you know <clears throat> I mean, it's like to us, it's like there's really no other workaround. I don't think we've had it. We had an interview with um, shit. Arthur, was yeah, Liquidity Network, and yeah, I attended the the Scale Conference in Decentraland. I've heard the Matic talks. I've heard all these like second layer, these side chains, off, you know, whatever. Yeah, off chain scaling solutions. I don't think any of this is really going to address the problem with NFTs and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't think you know. Yeah, like, I mean, they literally asked these questions and like uh i think they're more concerned with like uh the erc20 components yeah exactly yeah <clears throat> so unfortunately either it's something we have to figure out as a community i mean you know? erc20 and in erc721s they're essentially the same thing it's just one can be can't be broken down into pieces mm -hmm. so i would think that if there's a solution for erc20 tokens there's a solution for 721s in terms of gas fees and all that and scaling i would think so too but uh, so, having said that, if you find a solution to scaling, somebody will create a game that clogs that network too. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. So you're always going to have a scaling solution. And I mentioned this in, in the uh, roundtable uh, this last week, the one that you missed, where I don't know if you remember seeing those commercials either on YouTube or old school television where they talk about like IBM's um, servers are like 100% uptime or very close to 100% uptime. And and it's scalable and you don't have to worry about your business. We'll take care of the back end and all this nonsense. And then anytime Apple sells their iPhone every single year, their their website crashes because they it can't scale. So we have completely wow. centralized models that also are not scaling. Yeah. 
So how can we expect a completely decentralized network to handle scaling issues? Mm, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, think about that. Like, how can so we? How can we if, expect? If, 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 if what you're saying is true, then I mean, yeah, the conversation it. does need to be re- reshifted and like refocused on like what we're exactly what we're talking about. Like, yeah. what what does legitimately need to be like a hundred percent like imprinted onto the blockchain? What doesn't? You know? Yeah. In order for like a healthy ecosystem to sustain. Yeah. Like that's I mean, a legitimate conversation. Even some of these NFT minting platforms, they're using centralized <laughs> servers to store the pictures. So then, then what? Yeah. So man, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> there's a lot to think about. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're in this like place where we can see the side of like development and like participate on that side, as well as like the retail side where we're also buying coins as well. And like, we're also participating in these games and, and we're buying wearables and all that. So <laughs> is this we can not see something, both sides. Is this not something that like where, where chain links and like oracles and stuff play a picture? Like, isn't like the whole purpose for these oracles to be like mediators between like these centralized databases and these decentralized yeah. databases to where, I don't know, they either they validate like what is true or not, or I don't, I don't honestly don't know what they do, but in my mind, I would, <clears throat> I would want some type of coded, you know, autonomous middleman or something that's like validating these off chain assets, like onto the chain without mm-hmm. it actually being on the chain. Yeah. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that is sort of what Chainlink does. It's yeah. these oracles who, who come to a conclusion uh, in a decentralized way about a particular piece of information. Okay. And, and so in a decentralized way, you don't have to trust any centralized entity about a price on something. It's, yeah. it's a completely <laughs> decentralized and it's like a crowdsourcing information yeah. uh, submitted into a smart contract. Yeah, basically, like, like, is there a way for us to have, like, all the benefits of scalability of an off-chain database with all the benefits of, like, true ownership of these things? Well, I think there is. Yeah. I think if, uh, like, in Corona Zombies, uh, if you buy a weapon, it's an NFT, and you can mint it whenever you want. And the reason why it's not minted right off the bat is because we want to improve the, the, the usability, the, the user yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's not it's not truly yours right because well it's not truly yours until any you mint moment it. huh it's not truly yours until you mint it but it's it's not like in your blockchain wallet is what i'm saying it's it's in your True. metazone yes. account yes which we have 100 percent. like we could control if we wanted to we could sure. manipulate all that data and like yeah. fuck it sure. up <laughs> so I, I, and in many respects tough. i mean that's a good thing right because well yeah that's that's what makes you can fix problems like that <laughs> yeah true yeah this is i mean this is i don't know super it it is tough intense. man like what do you do like if we had infinite funds how would you design this that that's the yeah. real question yeah <laughs> because like me from a player perspective if i could 100 percent trust metazone and like still play all these games and like i could just do my thing not have to worry about shit and like i know like after like a weeks of grinding all i had to do was like <laughs> push a button on my fucking metazone account that says like you know mint you know mint assets tr- mint assets and like i know okay and then i don't know an hour later after x amount of confirmations like i check my now i check my erc wallet yeah and all of a sudden all these metazone metas that i've been grinding for the week show up yeah and it's like a flawless system and it works every time like 
that's a home run right there from a, as a player perspective. You know? Yeah, I would think so too. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I think mo- the majority of people would be okay with that, like the normies at least. Now, these diehard crypto people, they're not going to let you get away with that. Well, then they can mint. <laughs> as soon as they've discovered a new weapon, just mint it in real time right there if you wanted to. If you, Yeah, if you wanted to do each, but then you're like killing yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? If you want to pay $45 to mint all the weapons that you discovered per discovery, then, yeah. you know, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's too tough. <laughs> but if we design this in a completely decentralized way, then every interaction that you do, you have to interact with the blockchain and you have to pay gas fees. Like, is is that a user experience that you want to have in Decentraland? Like, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting, man. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I don't know if you want to show the new thing that's on MetaZone. Yeah. <laughs> um, new thing in the works. Uh, something I kind of like referenced at the beginning of this podcast. Um, but it's basically what we've been talking about for like the last 30 minutes now. <laughs> yeah, so... Let me share my screen. And I apologize for all the coughing and like phlegming and shit. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like extra phlegmy right now. <coughs> all right. Can you see the screen? Yep. Okay. So we're looking at uh, metazone.io and we clicked on, so let me take you to the homepage. And I don't think this is live yet. So only admins can see this, but you click on versus and this is a, a name that's might change i think versus comes from metaverses and so it could be just verse so so we're thinking of calling these individual experiences that have multiple metas like the ethermon experience and the corona zombies and then potentially wonder zone into their own little versus verse like their own little metaverse metaverse universe whatever the verse yeah you know it's their own thing you know <clears throat> basically like this is like if, if you're trying to be like a legitimate offering into the, you know, currently the metaverse space, but hopefully one day into the blockchain space, you're going to have your own verse page. Mm-hmm. Or, That's right. Know, your own section in the verse. It's like essentially your own universe of meta offerings. Yeah. And if you click on like <coughs> this Corona zombies, and, and so obviously there's going to be a lot of, a lot of verses, if you will, into, into this, this yeah, think of them as games. They're fucking games. Yeah. They're games. Yeah. <laughs> but we're just calling them something different. I don't know if that name is going to stick or not. I like it. Yeah. I think it's cool as fuck. Yeah. Because it, they're not just games, you know, it's something different. Like it's, it's gotta, there's something different going on here. Yes. Eventually, like if you combine all these metas, you know, yeah, together, it's, it's a, it, it's like its own metaverse. Yeah. It's own metaverse it's own experience it's a game yeah. within the metaverse <coughs> and so, so so here's an example i clicked on corona zombies and here are all the metas that you'll be able to purchase um, as a landowner and so one you have at least one of the gameplay mechanics is uh survival mode for corona zombies uh, basically you 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 first acquire a weapon and once you acquire it then you can go and kill zombies to collect materials to upgrade that weapon. And anytime you acquire that weapon, there's going to be in a random roll of attributes, right? From a critical hit to accuracy and durability, as an example. And so once, as soon as you acquire it, uh, an RNG function will happen and you'll have either a really <coughs> low tier weapon to a perfect weapon. Um, and then And then you would have to level up the weapon and add upgrades to it like materials and let's say let's call it energy but the more you upgrade the more powerful the gun gets so even if you have a low tier you know rng roll a a really bad rng roll if you put time and effort into it 
you can have a really, really good gun. And uh, you'd be able to sell that on the open market as well. But <clears throat> to look at all these, uh, this is just an example that all the different metas that you'll be able to purchase and, and deploy as part of the gameplay. Um, this one's like, I think, to uh, repair a broken weapon. And then this is a teleportation meta. Oh, no, this is an armory forge. Okay, so this is the one where you can store different weapon types here. Armory and, forge. Yeah, and then so here is the bronze weapon crate. And yeah, there's gonna be different tiers of weapon crates, obviously, right? Yeah, so this is silver. Silver, check that out. It has a nice little animation to it, very hot, very hot. So, opening gives you a random <laughs> seizing weapon NFT with stats within these ranges so damage, durability, and critical hit from zero to 80 percent, zero to 75, and zero to 80. And yeah, so I guess with so a higher tier box, I mean, these details aren't like 100% set in stone yet, but just to give you an idea, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, a gold one, you can max out at a higher, all the stats higher than you would in like in a silver or bronze crate. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. And so if you happen to, <laughs> let's say you purchase this gold weapon crate and the RNG roll gives you a hundred percent on all these weapons, uh, all these attributes, you're pretty lucky, first of all. And second, you have the <laughs> best, you have the best, um, potential power output on that weapon. Yeah. Um, and I say potential is because you still have to level up the weapon. All right, a level zero perfect gun is not as good as a level 10 medium gun, right? So if you max out the level, then for sure, it's like, that's it. Yeah. That is the mecca of weapons in this specific game environment. Absolutely. Like, and so, like of course, it, yeah. there's going to be different weapon types, right? There's there's yeah. all these flavors of rifles, right? Uh, flavors <laughs> of machine guns and handguns and, uh, you know, potentially all these other different weapon types that you could spend time upgrading and then of course flipping yeah if you want. yeah like durability if you're not certain it's like the longevity of the gun before you have to you know repair it right so like in most games you know your weapons you have you could use them and at some point they break so you have to repair them uh then there was critical hit which basically means every some sort of pre-calculated percentage of like every attack there's a chance you're gonna do bonus damage on that attack essentially. right usually it's double it could be like some other number we don't know yet. Yeah, it's actually gonna like, be, but it's it's got to be something noticeable, you know. Like yeah. when you when you get a crit, it's like you feel it. It's like fuck, that did a lot of damage. Yeah, you that's know? right. Yeah, so for every hit, there's gonna be so every time you fire a weapon, there's a, a an RNG aspect to the damage output, yeah. and that RNG is based on your critical hit value. And then yeah, you could do as much as two two x three x depending on like what weapon type it is. Like if you have a high fire rate weapon, like a, a automatic rifle, the the critical hit value is not as high as like a handgun. So you might do you might top out at one point five x on a critical hit because you have more chances to hit that, that critical hit because it's a f high fire rate. But on a handgun, if you do a random roll for like a, like a six ma a six, six round handgun and you do a, an actual critical hit, you could do three X potentially. And so, cause it's a low fire rate weapon, but mm -hmm. these are all the details like to the game itself. But like the point here is you'll be able to see the different games with the different yeah, so metals are and assets. Yeah, so these are pretty. These are the metas, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, currently there's going to be more too, and then there's also on this versus selection. Uh, you want to have like the actual, <coughs> uh, like in-game consumables as well, like the ERC one one five fives and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Also here, so it's kind of like you want 
it's supposed to be like a display, like if you're the game dev for Corona Zombies, which Corb is, this is his place he wants to go to to display everything, to yeah. convey like the overall vision of the game, all the assets, like, you know, to to the potential, in this case, landowners. Yeah. Like if you're a landowner, you go to the Corona Zombies versus page and you're going to you're going to get a full Full, like full view of everything you need to know exactly like, as, as far as like whether i should purchase any of these metas and also for a player you know like, yeah well, and and we've sort of been thinking about this because we get a lot of questions <sighs> on the ethermon games like well where's this game going like do you just feed the yeah. ethermon and like what happens after that it's like well exactly in our in our discussions we know where the game is going but we decided not to discuss those because once you start talking about like future stuff, then you get constant questions every single day: when this, when that, and so, so try, having well, tried those that, questions anyways, we right? get those questions anyway. So having tried that, might as well talk about the entire roadmap. Exactly. And and this is and we show them this is where the game is going, and and that's so it. So that's what's that's what's interesting to me is like I guess it's going to be we're going to have to leave it open, I guess, to the game devs, like have that flexibility. Do they want to release these things, these metas one by one, kind of like how Ethermon is doing? Yeah. I think they're forced to do that because like this whole meta model is like so new and like they're literally pioneering, like, uh, you know, distributing their game assets one by one. Right. <clears throat> they're the first to do it at this point. That's right. So they didn't really have another option, but I, I can envision a point in time where like this becomes acceptable and like, Hope, well, I'm, I'm hoping this is what happens. Like, it becomes widely adopted by game devs for Decentraland, meaning like, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. You're, I mean, you're, you're, you're gonna want it. We're calling it an IMO. Oh yeah, <laughs> we call it an initial meta offering. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wanted to name it something else because it sounds kind of cheesy to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's essentially what it is. Like, it's like an ICO offering. Uh, it's like when a project is making their project public by offering tokens so that. The, the community can... Uh, yeah, so what are the implications of a, a initial meta offering is uh, first, developers like Corv and, and Ethermon and Wonderzone, they can raise funds to uh, complete development of their games. And a lot of these games help landowners make money, so it's more of an incentive to buy these, these metas at cheaper prices. And mm. <clears throat> it's no different than we see in other projects from, <laughs> from DeFi tokens to uh, oracles they all raise funds doing through an ico or through a uh, a token offering of some kind yeah exactly and you're you as a token purchaser you're 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 invested in the overall interest of that project succeeding so that you're you know the tokens you own appreciate in value over time yeah so the same principles apply to these metas too or any kind of game asset right like <clears throat> you're hoping whatever game you're investing in in the early stages let's say it's corona zombies <clears throat> you're you're gonna go to this versus pages you're gonna see either the roadmap or like all the metas if they want to just do like a big drop of all the metas like they have the full game already built like all the assets ready to go and ready to be distributed maybe there'll be like a play bar like if we hit like 30 percent distribution the game is ready to go live like we'll mm -hmm. deploy everything something like that because yeah. you have to have like a certain deployment rate in order for the game to function properly so yeah. I, I guess it'll be, it'll be up to the dev to yeah exactly it's going to be up to that. the dev because like for decentraland you do have to have a certain amount of assets out in deployed in the world in order to play yeah. the game completely 
But in other game worlds that probably don't use Decentraland, they don't have that restriction. Well, yeah, because you control that world. Yeah, because they that, control you, that world. You build that world, so you could place your assets wherever you want, right? That's right. And in the metaverse space, you kind of got to have to wait for like the right deployments to happen in order for the game to make sense, you know? So the ultimately, whole- the, the idea is that MetaZone is going to collect, do the hard work and collect the eyeballs. And then, uh, so collect the eyeballs, collect the developers, and then create the tools to help developers make any type of NFT game that they want from 1155, 721s. And, yeah. uh, and then if they want, manage those things off chain mm-hmm. and to, to improve right. the user experience. Yeah. So it was like a full blown ecosystem here that you could either choose to take part in or not take part in if you're a game dev, you know, yeah. it's, it's up to yeah, whether or not the market appreciates this. The other option is make your game, um, build out these uh, quote unquote metas for your game uh, and, um, yeah. you know, potentially find your own landowners to deploy this game and, yeah. and, and, and use uh, ERC 721 smart contracts to mint these NFTs on your own. And, and guess what? And then create a website and then try to get people to go to your website and yeah. do an NFT sale if you want. Yeah. I mean, you could do all that. And guess what? That's what they've been doing. That's and what they've been doing. And it doesn't work. Yeah. It hasn't worked. None of those projects have yeah. have pulled through like and delivered. On yeah. These, there, like, there's maybe like a handful, <laughs> if you want to call it that. The, the most successful one is uh, CryptoKitties. I mean, what, what else can you think of? CryptoKitties. I mean, that's nah. I wouldn't even put them in like a successful. What? It's, not a, it's not a game. I, I mean, mean, it's it just some type just of game. NFTs. I don't know. It's some type of game, right? It's like a fucking giant orgy is all it is, dude. <laughs> it's a giant orgy of cats, Yeah, dude. you just mate them and that's it. Yeah, they just bone and like that's the whole gameplay, and, and dude. And then hopefully it's an RNG, right? That you get a, yeah. a, I yeah, guess yeah. a good quality cat. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you want to narrow it down to like the metaverse space, yeah, it hasn't been done yet. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like, like Chain Breakers wanted to do it. They had a really ambitious game plan like they had a metaverse before metazone essentially that's yeah like uh, their vision could have come to actualization with like a, a fully matured metazone platform for them to distribute like they should have a versus page here yeah they should have right. all of their questing zones all of their right. whatever the fuck is supposed to be an nft in their experience it should be on here you know and fuck maybe we should reach out to them and be like yo crank the engines back up boys like get on here yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah exactly but at that point like we have to prove it first we, fortunately we have ethermon we've got wonder zone we've got ourselves like yeah like we again we identify as this steam currently of decentraland so we have to do what steam do like we have to kind of like prove exactly we have to prove that this shit works ourselves yeah. in a little bit in a, in a way by creating a game hopefully it sells hopefully the landowners participate and hopefully the players come and they are engaged to the point where we got this and that proof of concept and that element of engagement you know? all goes back to making money, right? You're going to yeah, exactly. grind. That's, You're going to grind because yeah. you, you hope to flip your assets. Yeah. That's going to be the ultimate metric at the end of the day. Like how much money is being generated here? Yeah. That's the metric for everything to determine success, right? Like, and that's, exactly. what's going to bring the devs. Exactly. The devs are going to see like, Oh shit, Corona zombies made, I don't know. Let's say two. Let's let's a quarter million dollars last year selling assets. Yeah. And the players 
collectively made half a million dollars in volume just selling fucking shit on OpenSea or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa, dude. It's like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so you got to do things like that to kind of like get people interested. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and we have to be, you know, Valve, right? Creating the first party game <laughs> yeah. to showcase the functionality, the usability of a platform like this. Yeah, and it's tough, man. It's going to be real tough for us because we only have one dev. <laughs> and we have no 3d designers nothing like that like everything's gonna have to be contracted whatever we need yeah so it's gonna be it's it's ambitious obviously but it's kind of like we have no other choice it's just yeah it's it's what we're in right now and it's it's i as far that's the only strategy i i see that could potentially work yeah it's the only yeah. way it's gonna work i mean if if, yeah. if we don't have a distribution platform even for like the entire blockchain gaming space it, the blockchain gaming space is going to be completely fragmented um, and, and nothing's going to work. Mm. So, I mean, somebody's got to do it. I, I don't know. You know, it's going to be hard to say, you know, we're going to be successful at this. But <coughs> if there's nobody trying, uh, I just don't see NFT gaming going that far. Yeah. And somebody's somebody's going to try for sure. You know, uh, yeah, we're just going to get to crack at it, man. But so, ultimately, this is what we're working on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we wanted to talk about like the the overall like DeFi space and and what's going on with crypto and all that, but I, I think we how long we, have we been talking? About an hour and ten minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, we can save that for next time. Yeah, because man, we got so much so much research to do, dude. About what DeFi? Yeah, because we want to yeah. be able to explain it intelligently, and yeah, I don't know if I've well, that space like changes so rapidly; it's crazy. Because uh, like a lot of it's just like straight bullshit yeah it's scams man you saw that yam shit yeah dude <laughs> you know how many fucking crypto youtubers i saw shilling yam like the day before it collapsed like pretty much like half of the DeFi guys you know yeah but you, like, you know what happened though right like there was a there's a smart contract flaw Hello? i don't know basically it was like a hundred hundred x like not hundred x but i don't know what happened <laughs> no what happened was that there was a smart contract flaw that it was going to rebase Rebase, yeah, hundred x or ten x or something like that, <coughs> and it did like it, it created like seven non-million or octillion, seven thousand octillion coins or some shit like that. Like by accident? By accident, because oh it wasn't god. audited. Oh my god! Do you see that's terrifying? See, that's why we have to like be real delicate and careful with our shit too. Dude, exactly. It's like, dude, you know, like <laughs> that. Would, that's the game ending, like flaws, you know. Yeah. You can't have that. <laughs> yeah, you can't. So for those of you who are really like anticipating our NFTs to drop and stuff, you're just gonna have to keep being patient because yeah, we dude. gotta do it right, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. <clears throat> well we'll see. But yeah. yeah, that's interesting. The DeFi space is fucking nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, and we'll um, we'll do a full episode on like all the different stuff that we've been doing research on. We just wanna talk intelligently about it. And it, there's just a, a ton of content and part of the problem is that some of the new DeFi tokens are pure scams, and yeah, it's just people riding the wave, right? The yeah. hype train. Yeah, like it's actually insane how quick like these people organize and like it is figure insane. Out. It is yeah. absolutely insane. <laughs> it, it works for a lot of them, man. It's dude, I've seen the exact same thing I saw in 2017. Like most of them, non-working products, big promises yes. of like, I promise you, in the future, yes, like yes. this thing is gonna be so hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
you're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to do that. It's going to bridge partnerships. this. It's going to bridge that. Yeah, yeah. partnerships up the asshole. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I've got fucking Zuckerberg on my team. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, just kidding. It's actually his cousin. You know, shit like yeah. that. It's just, it's nuts. So what's, what that tells me is we got another bubble forming. Yeah. So there's, not there's, sh- there's money to be made. Yeah. And so you just yeah, gotta. I mean, it's it, it suckers money, but it, it's money nonetheless. Like, yeah, for sure. If you know, if you understand that, and you could play that angle, and you can get in and out at the proper times of things, you know. Yeah. There's definitely money to be made. So if you're interested in making money, which I know you are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely something to be paying attention to is that DeFi space. Yeah. I'm hoping at some point, like this gaming, this blockchain gaming space goes through its bubble mania phase. You know, because. I just I don't think it's really hit the mainstream yet of like the crypto world and how how crazy this is gonna be. Yeah, uh, for like sure. Watching gaming for sure. Know? Well, yeah. <clears throat> having said that, uh, we got a ton of work to do ourselves, and uh, yeah. want to thank you guys for listening and watching. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Blockrunner and at Metazone IO. Uh, we will be back next week with more information on this DeFi space for sure. Just because we're inherently interested and. We're going to try to write those damn blog posts, dude. About DeFi? Yeah. Yeah, we can try. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do that. And also, I think we have an interview coming up soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, currently we do, but these things get rescheduled sometimes. So, yeah. I don't know. But just expect to drop at some point in the future an uh, interview with Everipedia, I think. Yeah. Which, to me, is very interesting because, like, if you guys have been listening to this podcast, you know I used to be EOS straight fucking zombie, Boy. dude. Like, yeah. Like I was as deep as you can get. I was literally like ready to self-sacrifice myself for that clan. <laughs> like I was that deep. Yeah, you even went to New York to go. Like, I went join to a New York. To group. The, yeah, like an EOS New York conference for like because they were one of the potential block producer candidates. Yeah. And I just I just had to go check because it was like my biggest holding at the time. It was a significant holding. Yeah. So like you know what? Let me do the let me do my own like in person due diligence and like see like. Yeah. If this thing's actually legit. I mean, if like 60 people were like in that there, like a lot of people showed up. Yeah. People were presenting their projects and shit. I was like, yeah, this seems legit. But a little, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to make any judgment calls yet. Yeah. I mean, three years apparently later. there's things popping on EOS, but it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I think there was a lot of overhype. That's why I'm, I left or I'm currently disappointed. But I mean, there's everything's overhyped, man. Like, it is everything yeah i mean they only raised what four billion dollars and that's another thing that's what adds on to the disappointment layer to yeah, a lot of people and then it's and like, then we saw their latest product voice and it was yeah. just there's nothing yeah after seeing like <coughs> like i mean oscar built a pretty robust website that does a lot of things i mean it's not like a full-blown like social network or anything like that but it's pretty complex and i looked at voice i'm like dude i, f- I feel like like just like some indie dev could have made it. You yeah, know? for like sure, it absolutely. Yeah, like it doesn't seem like something some four billion dollar entity comes yeah, out with. I, I totally agree. All all their marketing promo does look like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look good. It, it looks good. Yeah, the marketing promo and like I remember they had like a big conference with yeah. like the fucking decked out stage and shit. Yeah, we watched that live, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you did. That was the same day we found Decentraland. Yeah, where we watched that conference. That's true. But they definitely like they know how to make shit like look beautiful. But when you like actually get to the products, like damn, dude, kind of whack. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Apparently, they're coming out with something else pretty soon. Uh, Block one. Oh, really? Another product or project? Yeah. Have you heard what it is? Like what it's on or? 
I've heard of it, but I forgot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but but anyways, we're gonna talk to Everpedia, which is one of the projects building on the EOS ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I kind of just like slightly shit on the EOS, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I mean, that, that shouldn't diminish they... at all the work that these people are doing. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you had big bags of it, so. Yeah, it's just. <clears throat> so I guess the things we should talk talk to him about are like experience in like developing in that space and like how is exactly. it different than ethereum and you know yeah how's it like, how's it better? why yeah like why are they op- operating on eos rather than ethereum don't they know like you know the yeah. network effect is on ethereum yeah, yeah. right <laughs> so what the fuck are you guys doing over there like yeah, yeah, yeah. what's so good about it so yeah we'll ask him about stuff like that so if you're interested all right yeah stay, stay tuned because that that um that interview happens this week actually so you might you might get actually a couple of videos this week we'll see yeah. All right, guys. All right, guys. See you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner. <laughs>